0: Hello and welcome to the Pants Party. I am Harrison Starr, HD underscore star on Twitter, joined as always by Harmon Chillibrew, Ren Boss, 23 on the Bird App, Ben Ross, 23 in your hearts. Ben.
1: Everyone's 23rd favorite Ben is here <laughs> here to save the day once again. Um, doing good, you know. Happy to be back home in Chicago. I don't know about you. Where did you spend the holidays? right yeah, here that's awesome that's Northwest that is Arkansas probably the off. thing i like to joke about my marital status and how it's no but probably the thing i miss the not miss cuz i can't you can't long for something you never had but one of the things i what i'm trying to say the benefit the perk i wish i had the most of having a significant other is like i have no excuse to not go visit my family yeah. wherever they are and yeah. I think I yeah. made this take, but said this before. But seeing my family and my extended family twice in a four-week period between <clears throat> Thanksgiving and Christmas is—it's insanity. It's it, not what person should be subjected to that sort of torture. And if I had even a, a, a girlfriend here, I could just say, "Hey, I'm not spending it alone. Let me be." And <clears throat> I, I can't do that to my, my. It would break my mother's heart if she found out I spent Thanksgiving alone here. And I think I'm just getting to the point where I'm. I'm about to. I'm, I'm about to turn 31. I think finally I can put my foot down and be like I'm a grown ass man. I can't afford a Dodge Stratus, but if I could, I'd buy one. <laughs> but I am spending Thanksgiving alone and not sleeping on a cot in your laundry room and waking up at 5 a.m. every day f- to a screaming five-year-old niece because I can't do that. Just can't.
0: Yeah, I mean, we- it sounds like we need to teach your niece time zones and how those work, so I think that that's maybe uh, something to learn in the next four weeks for her. But it is tough. Um, I was just reminded of a, a story of... Uh, I'm going to... <clears throat> because it's an embarrassing story. I'm a man in my life uh once spent a Thanksgiving alone, went to the Denny's and he said it was uh exactly what you would expect. Denny's on Thanksgiving to be. Decent dinner, but the company there was the type of company you would expect at a Denny's. I do think the difference between this particular man in my life and, and you Ben is I feel like if you had Thanksgiving alone, you'd kind of... You'd do it up real nice, wouldn't you? Like, you're a cook, and you would, you, I have you would enjoy spent, it.
1: <laughs> Not, I haven't really spent it alone. I In 2019, I had a wedding in Chicago the day after Thanksgiving. So I was able to convince my mom, hey, I'm spending it. I'm staying here. And... Uh, so I did Thanksgiving by... I did the meal by myself, and I think I... I think I went to like an Italian grocery here and got like a small pan of lasagna that was like pre-made by them and it was delicious. But then later that night, I had lots of friends who family lived in the city. They just spent the night. They spent Thanksgiving in the city and then they they were staying at their place at their own place in Chicago. So we we met up and we got drinks. We played cards at we played uh, euchre at at the local watering hole for hours on end. It was a great Thanksgiving celebration we still talk about it um so yeah it's not nearly as depressing as i make it sound a uh, sound to be i think not i don't think i'll ever go to a dana um i did discover <clears throat> there's a waffle house 17 miles from my parents place in arizona so i need
0: <laughs> oh wow so your parents live in
1: the oh south. Yeah. yeah 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 so they that is something i will be hitting up next time i go
0: Ah, fantastic. I can't wait to hear your story. Um, I've been to one before. We still haven't heard Kirk Ferentz's. Yeah, but I mean, I'm sure it'll be... Yeah, this time will be different. I didn't know what I was doing last
1: time. This time I'm going to come prepared. Except I did weigh 300 pounds last time. So, that was a little bit different.
0: I was, uh... As you were going, like... It was impromptu that my wife and I stayed here with Elliot. Initially, we were uh earmarked to go down to texas uh north of austin south of waco um but our dog had kennel cough from i don't know three or four weeks ago and it just it never healed so we had the the excuse not to go and then like we were sitting at home yesterday on sunday and it was like man i'm so glad we didn't drive 16 hours over the prior four or five days to have no doubt it would have been a good time, but it would have been to your point. It's like, oh boy, we're going to do this in another month. But it, it's different. Like, I mean, I think this is where, you know, your uh, marital status comes into play, Ben, is uh, by having a child, it's very easy to be like, we're staying home for Christmas and we'll figure out the rest. But uh, it was a fun holiday. Like, I mean, I do think, we've talked about Iowa playing on Fridays before, and this was truly the first time where it was like, there was a bad result on Friday. I don't remember the last one. Probably 2014, and I think I I forgot that one explicitly. Um, but just totally enjoyed Saturday. Like, didn't have anything leaning over it was so good, you know, Michigan and Purdue did their thing, like, somehow, Ben, I'm, you and I just had so much riding on that dumb as hell Purdue game. I can't believe they got to eight wins without beating Penn State, Wisconsin, or Iowa, and what was the fourth game that they lost? I can't even Didn't remember, it was Syracuse. A dumb non-conference game. Oh, it was serious. Did you
1: have them winning the Big just, Ten West, too? As a, as a wager? No, so okay. here's what
0: I did. I didn't like the division. I liked none of the division. Plus, odds. Fi- they I should have been said,
1: much better or whatever, higher. Plus fi- 550 for Purdue? Are you kidding
0: me? It should be in the thousands. It was asinine. But what I did is I had uh, Michigan to win the Big Ten. Because that one made no sense. Like they, Aiden Hutchinson, great player. Not irreplaceable. And I'm... What like, were those odds? They're better than 6-1. to Oh, my God. Like, there's a 2-3... Chi- uh, like, I was like, oh, my God. That is so easy. So, I'm taking that. And what they proved last year is they didn't need even... Like, all they had to do was just lose one game that wasn't Ohio State. So, like, I felt really good about that bet. And then I have Purdue half unit plus 2,800 to win the Big Ten. And that was, like, my point of, like... Well, you know, it, it's not like they're the one team from the west that zags enough where it's like they can catch Michigan or Ohio State on a bad day and sneak out the win. So, I can't lose money. Ponks, total green. I love it. Or in the black, I guess. What was your record on Ponks? Um, I don't know. Overall, I finished 5 and 5 um don't you add it up each week i do add it up i i do add it up so let's get the the final tally and i think because of the bet i made it ended up being even so yeah it was only 41 37 and two but in there was three and three money line that i netted three units on so i think i'm up like six units ish and with Michigan plus six units. No less than up twelve units. Just to- total luck of the draw. Like uh I could not feel better about how gambling went. Just the not this past week, but the week before last. Seven and two just righted the ship. Uh what a lesson Ben. What I I'm gonna tell I'm gonna tell Ellie about this. Bouncing bouncing my leg. One time daddy just totally backdoored <laughs> Backdoored a great, great gambling season with uh, nailing the two teams in the Big Lucky
1: Ten. Lucky thing for me is in my, because I had Purdue to win the Big Ten West and I had them over eight and a half wins. I didn't even know Purdue making the Big Ten championship game was a possibility. I thought it was um, Illinois. I thought Illinois, I thought all Illinois had to do was beat Northwestern in order to get in. And so, had I have known that Purdue could have gotten was in the not in the, yeah in the driver's seat to get in, I would have hedged. I would have bet a lot of money on Indiana, <laughs> split my winnings. But that thought never even <laughs> crossed my mind. So I am. I honestly, I I don't. I I rarely gamble. Like I place big money bets beginning of the year because that's fun for me. So I I put up a ton of money on Georgia and win the whole thing. I put it not a ton of money, but relative to me, put a lot of money on Georgia when the whole thing, and then my yeah. two, I always pick like two sleeper teams, and this year they were Oklahoma State and Purdue. And Oklahoma State lost every bet yeah. <laughs> that I've ever placed on them. And then Purdue came up big, and it's like, I just bought so much frivolous shit I don't need for Black Friday because... I, I don't know. i, I Probably because I didn't... I, going back to my first statement is, I live alone. I'm single. I have nobody to spend money on but myself. So... Did I buy two hundred dollar pair of denim? You bet I did.
0: Oh my god, the salvage denim know. or whatever. It's I'm gonna make uh, what's his name Johnny Versace proud. Good for you, Ben. Mm-hmm. Good for you. <laughs> I'm I'm happy for you. I bet I bet they look great on your <laughs> yeah on, on your some body. Picks. Okay, I made that. I, yeah, I made that strange. so much weirder than it needed to be. Um. Anyways, so I think we've talked about how we enjoyed our Saturday. Now it's time to talk about how our Fridays went, Ben. And they could have gone better, going to be honest. But also, like, in some ways, didn't the game have The season have to end that way, if I really think about it. Like, just the offense was too bad to... Justify getting into the Big Ten championship, and I do want to talk about like two very specific re- areas where I thought it was just genuinely horrible. Um, but just from big scope season at large, the season couldn't end any other way than it ended on Friday.
1: I think my favorite, my the most succinct thing that, that sums up, I think, every Iowa fan is. Uh, John Miller, I tweet, was like, number one, I want Iowa to win. Number two, a loss here, I think, is good for the program because it shakes things up. It doesn't give us two straight Big Ten championships. It doesn't vindicate Kurt for anything. Blah, 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 blah. Number three, I want Iowa to win. And, <clears throat> like, that's right. I think that's, like, how in a vacuum, uh, but nothing operates in a vacuum, but how in a vacuum could you talk about re- changing a goddamn thing from a team. That just won this conference title for the second year in a row. Like, what I know, like, you, obviously you can bring stats to the table, offensive stats to the table. What did I end? 129th out of 130th in total offense? Uh,
0: if how are you defi- defining, uh, total offense? Uh, cards? I think, I think it was 130 oh out of 131.
1: Yeah, whatever that, it was their second to last in whichever category. Yeah. And, <clears throat> And then what do they end up? I bet that the game against Nebraska moved them back for defense, maybe a couple of spots, but that's not the point. The point is, like, now is when you really have to go to the drawing board. It sounds like already Petrus and Padilla are gone, which <laughs> – I mean, thank God. Let's, I mean, best of luck to both of them. I I hope Padilla, he's going to go on to be a brain surgeon, and Petrus is going to go on to probably break records for Eastern Michigan or some other, some smaller school he's going to next, if they'll give him a chance. But my issue is that's not enough. Like, this should have been the kick in the pants type of thing, this is a type of loss that gets people fired. It should get people fired. Like I look around and Ohio State wants to fire Ryan Day for losing for winning yeah. 10 games every year but losing to Michigan two years in a row. And I look around and I, there's also the inverse. Look around and I watch Auburn hire Brian Harson or not uh hire Hugh Freeze after losing okay, freeze. three games at end of the season with losses to a three-win Virginia Tech team and a New Mexico State team that wasn't a team before the season started that has Jerry Kill as its head coach, and then, oh, yeah, and then uh, lost to UConn, which is bowl eligible because of beating Liberty, but the first time they were bowl eligible, and I think like since two thousand six, something absolute like it was I think the longest streak in college football in FBS. Of not going, of not being bowl eligible, and now UConn is because they lost to Liberty. So it's like, why can't these two extremes? Iowa seems like they're in the middle, but I don't know. The the I want some more controversy. I think I want some more cages rattled, and like, I I just I I really don't think anything. Change. I think maybe I think George Barnett is maybe gone. But beyond that, other I don't see anybody else leave it. Like I don't see anybody getting fired. I think you know worst case scenario, Phil Parker like retires. I don't think that's true. I do think like LeVar Woods could easily go get a head coaching position or a higher coordinator position at another school. Like I think that's a doom scenario. But I, I like what Patrick Vent was postulating that Josh Gaddis... Could become be the offensive coordinator, and yeah, Brian will no. re- get reduced to offensive line coach. Like that's not happening. That's not happening. In no world no. is that happening.
0: Like it's a. I, I love the optimism. I love how unbridled, unbridledly optimistic and borderline unhinged it is. But someone who won a national coordinator of the year as an offensive coordinator is not going to put himself in the position to do that because clearly he's very capable clearly has very high aspirations he's not going to put himself between quite literally a rock and a hard place kirk Ference and brian ferentz because that would be what happens in that scenario i have to think right is you probably have brian demoted best case he finds an off-ramp in the nfl but i like i don't want to wade too much in rumors and innuendo but it seems like maybe he tried to dip his toe in that last year and the fact that the lawsuit still exists is something that you know is keeping him from getting a job so like even though we think that he is certainly unhirable at the college level for probably anything other than a line coach job and that would be a significant demotion going and being an nfl tight end coach if you can't do that because you got this lumen over your head it's like my goodness man so unhirable is really the only way to describe him like that flat out and i'm with you that like the most absurd thing to do in some ways i think would be to make george barnett the full guy but you look at some of the issues that Iowa's line had, especially against Nebraska, and I'm not even talking about like the three-man versus you know, giving up pressure to three-man fronts, that happens sometimes. But to me, the issue is how they are they read and blocked, or lack of blocked, the two plays that led to a fumble. And to me. This is where Brian Ferentz should get just a ton of blame heaped his way because in both instances he called the wrong play at the wrong time. He telegraphed both of them and he gave no one a chance to succeed. And like the thing about coaching that good coaching you put your players in the best position possible bad coaching is you put them in positions you know they struggle at and still do it like how many times was Spencer Peters throwing left when he showed throughout his career that he could not throw left anyways back to the fumble play they they motion the tight end away after it, giving up two sacks to short corners against Minnesota and they leave you know Caleb Johnson, I guess maybe has like a, a, a an audible where he can just go block that guy, but you are putting Plum in a position where he has to. He picks the guy straight ahead from him, and I guess maybe there is some you know call to be made on the offensive line about how you go outside in or inside out. The guy came unencumbered. I don't think Plum blocks him. I don't think Caleb Johnson blocks him if they're trying to block him. Excuse me, Richmond. And fumble, QB1's injured. The second one, just call the chicken shit draw. You're down 10-0. Call the draw. Get yourself in good position for a field goal. 10-3. You're not in that bad of shape. This is where like the complimentary football stuff is just so frustrating because the offense was never what petrus and the rest of the offense could hang their hat on from i don't know 19 20 is not turning the ball over and constantly they turn the ball over in ways that was not just the player's fault but the coach's fault too and to go it's just so frustrating because there was no element of like consistency when it came to the offense and consistently putting guys in positions not to succeed and not like chasing good money after bad is ultimately what it comes down to. Cause I didn't realize this because it felt like Nebraska was moving up and down the field in Iowa. They, they finished with like a shade over 300 yards with 87 of them coming on the pass play to uh Trey. Palmer where he burned Hines, and like, that's fine. Like he's a, Walk on from Humboldt. I think like I have. I'm under no predilections that that guy is going to consistently have success. Credit to the kid though, because he made a game saving tackle at the time, and that was incredible. Gave Iowa a chance to win, and ultimately that's what football's about. Oh, team sport. You know, seeing someone, uh, you know, rectify a mistake in the past to, to have success. But it's just like the offense was just so bad, and. Not just because they couldn't execute, but because they were put in positions where we haven't seen them execute before. We didn't see Iowa successfully execute a shot play this year. Why do you think that you have a sixth offensive lineman out there, you're all of a sudden going to execute it well? Just so frustrating, man.
1: There's only one real point I want to touch on, uh, react to that you were bringing up, is it took you about six minutes to explain the two sacks, fumbles, whatever, the shitty... And that's Iowa's offense. It is the most complicated, uncomplicated fucking offensive <laughs> scheme there is. It's so predictable. I knew what you're, it's, yeah, it was like watching that offense. I knew what you're going to say, I knew what they're going to run, and it's going to take you six minutes to get there. Most long winded, fucking ass backwards program philosophy that gets you the second worst. Offense in the entire country. Like, Alex Padilla was, was the worst Power 5 quarterback in all of, of football on Saturday by stats and PFF, all the things, all the shit the nerds take into account. And it wasn't even close. Like...
0: And it felt like he still, like, what's mind-boggling is he kind of made... He didn't... He kind of not... He wasn't the reason Iowa lost, though. No, absolutely not. He was not. I mean, he made some stinky plays. Um,
1: he made yes. a bad decision. I, <clears throat> Went the game on the line. He should have ran it on... Was it third down or fourth down? It was third down. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> should have ran it for a first down. Missed probably a double-covered Luke Wachey, just like Petrus would have. Um, so, what? I mean, whatever. I don't blame Padilla. It's too bad because... What if Padilla had been getting first-team reps all season long? What do you think? Like it was no different than what you see out Petrus, other than he could get out of he could get out of sticky situations behind a really bad offensive line. Like that's the thing. I mean, that's the upside. It's just his feet by by itself. Like, do you think if Petrus stays healthy that whole game does Iowa win? Um,
0: that's a good question. I don't know what happened, because I think the the things that would be the key one is that possession down ten zero um maybe that's ten three and they go into half he he doesn't make that that same fumble uh that Padilla did why not um oh. <laughs> he's been prone to that all year that's a that's a fair question why not um because he's not scrambling the way that Padilla did. Um, doesn't mean that it doesn't happen, you know, 10 yards in front of where it happened. But, um, I don't know. I also don't think Petrus makes that throw to, to Arlen Bruce for about 100 different reasons. Like, it's, to me, that was one of the best throws of the season. And it... Uh, that's what happens, I guess, though. Like iowa plays a a game where there are seven that matter and if they don't make five or six of those plays it doesn't matter like it's just brutal brutal but deserved like i mean i think that that's ultimately what what i come back to is this season was totally deserved so three
1: wishes genie grants you three wishes What happens to the Silo football team in the offseason? What do you pick? Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE.
0: Lock Ferentz out of, lock Kirk Ferentz out of the offensive room. He needs a Biff Poggy to tell him not to micromanage the offense. That is far and away my number one. I think number two is offensive line comes together whether that's proctor signing on the dotted line and a couple of transfers um or you know no proctor and another transfer i think offensive line is is number two and then um a quarterback that's Willing to throw to wide receivers more often. I think that would be my number three. So
1: you you, you don't want to touch Brian? You, you really, you still think it's his dad's world and he's living in it? Like what you just gave me, like I gave you a magic genie. You could have gone and said, find Kirk at fault for his lawsuit. We don't have to buy him out. We bring in, I don't know. <laughs> Who our dream coach who stoops comes out of coaching from the u s f l or wherever? <laughs> you know like that's not even that's not even on your radar
0: <laughs> um I think getting Kirk Ference out of what he's done for twenty four years is more important than the ultimate caller of plays. And by that, I mean, by that, I mean, I think the personnel changes I requested make up for the deficiencies of offensive coordinator. But I I kind of figured that's where it was going. Like, why would I not pick Brian? Well, I think that an offense, an offensive line is more important to what I wants to do. Getting Kirk Ferentz out of the, the way he was doing things is the most important thing. And maybe, maybe I would take you know uh, a Josh Gaddis type as offensive coordinator over the quarterback. Maybe that's the case for it. But I think personnel can make up for coaching deficiencies enough to make Iowa football... Interesting and a good. Do you
1: way. not think what we've seen out of Kirk this year, past year is a fireball offense? Not counting buyout with, notwithstanding. Do you not think do you think Kirk Ferentz is the right person to lead this? Is he still the right man for this job?
0: I, I think what I wrote in the middle of this stands stands. Yeah, and that is that I am not convinced he's long for the world of NIL, long for the world of a divisionless Big Ten. Um not long for a world where you have to go West every year for one game. Um so I, well, I guess it'd end up being every other year. Um I don't, but like I think that that's where this off season is very important. If he actively looks into the portal, um, I think that signals a lot. I think that signals, without him being explicit, even though he can be about, you know, Iowa's collective gaining some steam. Um, but I. I don't see him moving Iowa off of where they are, and here's what I, what I mean by that. I was doing some stuff, just some some math, and by math I mean just Scary. aggregation. Um, yeah, even, even add It's not even addition. Um, but here's what being in the West has afforded Kirk Ferentz, so. He's been in, I'm not even going to say striking distance, but he's been in, Iowa has been the best team or tied for second in the West, one, two, three, four, five, six times out of the last eight years. Uh, only 2017 and 2019 were they third or tied for third. What does that look like though when we just split it, when we combine everyone Everyone's got the records that they have, which wouldn't necessarily be the case if in a 14-team, single-division, Big Ten, but here's what Iowa looks like. 2015 first. 2016 tied for fifth. 2017 tied for seventh. 2018 tied for fifth. 2019 tied for fifth. 2020 fourth. Last year tied for third this year, tied for fifth. And where I ultimately come down is you can't necessarily, I don't... You have to be more entertaining than what we saw if you're going to live in that four to seven range. Still in the top of the conference, but not within striking distance of of doing anything meaningful the West has offered that path to meaning in a way that will not exist from 2024 on which is why I almost think he's going to retire after next year because he knows the jig is up you just spent four minutes yes
1: in a way of saying 18 years without a Big Ten championship that's all. That's all I got out of that, yes. and that's all I care about. I know there's. I don't know if anybody is. I don't. I know Wisconsin hasn't won one. I know there's Michigan. I know there's Ohio State. But 18 years without a Big Ten championship. Just, <clears throat> I, I that that dog don't hunt for me, and it's not coming next year. It's gonna be 19 years. Probably not gonna come the year after that. We're looking at two whole decades. Of zero Big Ten championships, the SEC doesn't even have that problem. Alabama, beyond Alabama, Georgia's won it, Auburn's won it, like LSU, LSU, Florida. They have way much, Florida. so much more diversity in it. Um,
0: it just stinks. I will say, like, and I, I. Say this for basketball too. Like I'm under no pretense that Iowa should be in, like, in that mix every year. But
1: I care so. The, there are seasons the, where, but you don't. Know, you need to f- Basketball is different though because a Big Ten championship doesn't do anything for me. It isn't a barometer, even though it's a better barometer of success. I a Sweet Sixteens are more important to me. Elite Eights are more important to me. You could you know, what, Be still. you could finish fifth in the Big Ten and still make a Sweet Sixteen, still back into an Elite Eight somehow. And I'd care about that way more than any conference championship. And Like, f- fuck our Big Ten tournament win this year. That yeah. that does nothing for me. I don't want to buy one of those t-shirts after losing to Richmond in the first round. Like, that stinks. I don't want to remember. Uh, I almost quit blogging because of that loss. I'm still not over it. Like... <laughs> I don't I don't care and I think I you know. and I have pretty strongly different oh. opinions
0: on the matter. Yeah, I mean like I just I want to be entertained for lack of a better word. Like as I said, I'm under no pretense that cuz someone was doing this, I think it might have been Bizarro Max. Like before 2021, it was, ni- or 20- 2002, it was 1985, no, 1990. Before that, it was a gap of between 1981 and 1960. And, like, like I said, I'm just under no pretense that Iowa, because to, to win them, one, you have to go through Ohio State. Now, at least, like there was a path when it was the 11 team, you play eight games, as Iowa did in 2002, like they didn't play Ohio State, hang the banner. Um, They're also really fucking good. So, (laughs) So like that, that changes it. But to bring it back to your point, Iowa was in the West last year and there was a gap of 39 points. They did nothing to make up that gap. They did nothing other than rest on their laurels, trust everyone could improve, and be totally wrong in that assertion. Totally wrong. When have they when have they been right? Can, what we I think I think what he thinks is I was right in 2014 to make these administrative changes in 20 ahead of 2015 I think he probably thinks I was right to do what I did in 2020 to get rid of Doyle and and bring together literally the most together team of all time like I think but like what happens now that those guys are gone like I, I mean this sincerely Kayvon Merriweather I think is an all time leader that Iowa has had
1: is he not coming back
0: I will lose a lot of galvanizing forces. No, he's going he's officially going to the Really?
1: Pool. I didn't see so that. So I think
0: that yeah.
1: What are they projecting him? Yeah.
0: He Moss probably third day, like first half of the third day so avoid that Damn. Be like 4th That fifth, stinks. That is rounds to me. Yeah. Lose Campbell. I mean, I don't think anyone's under yeah, auspicious. He's returning. that be would be so silly. foolish. The um, porta would be nice, but I'm kind of interested to see what Lachey can do as a number one tight end. Um, I think it's too early to but, play. I I,
1: I don't want to believe this. I, I I think deep in my heart, heart of hearts, we see mass attrition, unlike anything. The the Texas looks like a bounce house compared to the. Turnstile. We're about to see. I think I don't. You know I don't think in any how. Why if you're Caden Proctor, why do you come to Iowa? I think.
0: Well, let us bef- let this is a good discussion. But what are your three wishes? Are they fire Brian, fire Brian, fire Brian? I
1: mean, it's fire Kirk, then fire Brian. I, I and then and then elevate LeVar okay. Woods to head coach. One two three. Wham bam. Thank you, ma'am. Okay. And honestly, like I I think get it going. Doing that too, I think that keeps Caden Proctor. I think that keeps a lot of the guys who are going to leave. I think getting rid of the Ferences solves a lot of the, the attrition issues I just brought up.
0: Okay, all right, then then let's talk. Let let's hit the the doom the doom scrolling because you, you think it it could be really bad, and I don't necessarily disagree. But I want to my you doom play
1: scrolling it out. is. Petrus leaves, Padilla leaves. We don't get Cade McNamara. We don't get a quarterback in the portal. So we're stuck with Carson May, Lanes, or um, Labus. And I don't have confidence in any of those guys. Um, Caleb Johnson sticks around by virtue of the fact he's going to be the number one. But we lose one of the Williamses, so running back room gets incredibly thin. I honestly... I don't know much about the recruiting beyond Caden Proctor, so I don't know who's coming in. Could help on day one. But we lose Riley Moss. We lose, um, it sounds, you know, let's doomsday is Terry Roppers doesn't return. So we have um, yeah. Cooper DeGene and three guys who got burned all day. Uh, I realize, you know, they're true freshmen or registered freshmen. But a defensive backfield, you, you tell me now, Kayvon Merriweather leaving. Um, you know, Quinn Schulte stays because by virtue of him being an Iowa walk-on. He's going to stick around. But, like, you know, and I, I don't know who else. It, isn't Seth Benson? He's eligible to go to the draft There's some other.
0: Yeah. He's not coming back. So,
1: like, but the linebacker he, room, Look, what I've seen out of Logan Kemp when he played, wasn't very inspiring. And then save nothing for what makes you think the offensive line is going to get better. What makes you th- Oh, Keegan Johnson, he's gone. He's so gone. Keegan Johnson was gone in September. Um, I think did he play one snap against Nebraska?
0: No, but that was that was no, something. I'm pretty, funny sure, he played, oh, I'm pretty sure he played. No, I'm
1: pretty sure
0: he, yeah, played, he played one, one snap. Oh, yeah, he played one snap
1: against Nebraska. Um, Arlen Bruce gone. Like somebody would swoop him up, some Kansas State, some school would give him a chance. That, I mean, that's my doomsday. And then we, uh, and then we just get left behind in the dust. We dig ourselves in a lick lighter s coal, and that's the de- uh, Lavar leaves. Phil Parker retires. It's it's done for. Kirk Ferentz is no coaching tree to speak of. You talk about it all the time. His tree. So yeah, like, who wants to come that. and learn under Kirk Ferentz? Nobody.
0: I don't think you're far off from doomsday, simply because I think in today's world it is so easy, rightfully or wrongfully, it is so easy to go from where you are to nothing, very very quickly. I I think Wisconsin's an example of that, where they went. From, like, that escalated so fast in terms of how bad they were uh, by the end of the year. And losing Leonard, all of the scuttlebutt around the players on their roster, their recruits. It can disintegrate really quick in a way that, you know, when Kirk took over, LeVar Betts he, or Liddell Betts, he was sticking I have a around. Good question. Do you, you see what Braylon Allen yes. said?
1: He said he's only, he said. He said only gone to Whoa. stay in Wisconsin of Jim Leonard's days. Do you think there's a single player on oh, the Iowa roster who would say that about Kirk Ferentz?
0: You mean no, Brian Ferenc? I mean Kirk. Or that, I'm, that they would that I'm, they would be like, yes, I'm only playing I think. for Kirk. Um Usual suspects. Who? I think so. Who? But uh Okay. I mean, offensive lineman. Good. I'd say good, but okay, but yeah, <laughs> win-win. No, uh, that's that's a fair point. Um, I think it. I think stability matters till it doesn't, though. Like, uh, we'll see how the attrition goes, because I, I think it can get really bad really quickly. I saw. There was some talk in our Slack about how, like Drew Stevens, I guess his dad was kind of chesting for a scholarship, that's, which that's no doubt you would get with it. the
1: kicker, though. Kirk plays right.
0: stupid games with kickers and scholarships. Exactly. Um. Exactly. Um. So he he's probably primed for one. But like, what if he's gone? I mean, like seriously, like what if our leading scorer
1: leaves? What happens?
0: Yeah. 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 Leading scorer. Um. It's just it it can disintegrate like so so like I've said that a dozen times already, but i'm I think there is definitely a possibility for some version of your doom because that's just the way I see it ending with Kirk now, like I don't think it it ends with him riding off into the sunset, it ends with him leaving an even barer chest than uh Hayden Fry because there's no skill guys and also because there's no one to your point for them to be like, oh yeah, this is the guy off of the the Iowa tree that we can go out and hire. Jay Norville. Like I mean <laughs> like I mean that that that's the type of like Iowa hire they would do. Um that's interesting enough. That would make me be like, oh, okay. But is Iowa going to be a program like Nebraska or Wisconsin? Because I think, as I tweeted to Bromel Camp, like people are downplaying this rule hire. If Iowa, if Kirk Ferentz had announced at the beginning of the season, I'm retiring, and on Black Friday they announced Matt Rule as Iowa's next head coach, I wouldn't be over the moon about it. I, but I would be like. This is the type of guy that can have success at Iowa, and I would be over the moon if that guy was Luke Fickle. So I was hired, hired. I don't
1: understand why his name wasn't come up for the Auburn
0: job, it makes no sense. I just think some people don't want that business, right? Like, what's this business like taking Cincinnati to just the like playoff? a prerequisite? <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, like. I, Exactly. Like, oh, we can get the guy, the one guy who's taken a group of five team to this uh, playoff. Yeah, I mean, uh, maybe you have to beat Alabama to get the the Auburn job and make people feel good about it. Or he might have said no last year. Like, that's what I'm. Or two years ago. Or was it just one year with Harson? <laughs> what a it was two years with But
1: yeah, he started off five and zero and then ended. His career, like seven and fourteen, or something. Um, I made a game. Let's try and end this okay. relatively early, but probably not. I pull. I read three stories of coaches getting fired this season, and I have pulled out two quotes from each of those stories. And I want you to tell me okay. if that is a problem Iowa has. Or if it's not an Iowa problem, Iowa has.
0: Um, I'm, I'll,
1: yeah. Oh, this and, is
0: great. Are you going to tell me who these stories are no, uh, You from? can,
1: uh, You'll have to. You have to get. Well, I'll end. tell you. You can. You're supposed to guess which coach that we're talking about, too.
0: Yeah. Oh, okay. okay. So first
1: one is a quote. Let me load. Unlike his predecessor, this coach, Coach A, didn't broadcast championship goals. He simply pointed out the team, how good they were building it, one step at a time. He won over national media during one-on-one interviews, treating reporters as if he had known them for years. <sighs> Athletic directors said that those who knew Coach understood the hire and those who didn't criticized it. Is that a problem? Kirk Ferentz says.
0: That is 100%. I don't think it is either.
1: Here's a different quote from the same story. Over time, Coach A started to groom assistant coach B as the head coach, his possible successor, something former NFL coach Blank had once done for him. In a sport short on... This gives it away. On blackhead coaches... (laughs) Uh, coach A considered this his responsibility and one he took seriously, but his actions led to problems. The timetable isn't clear, but sources indicate that assistant coach assumed considerable program power. Once elevated to associated head co- associate head coach in February of 2020, he had a major voice in nearly everything, including staff hires and dismissals. One former athletic department staffer referred to co- assistant coach as school's head coach and to head coach as the face of the program. During a recruiting meeting, Assistant coach told the staff what the head coach or the head coach said. What the assistant coach is saying, I am also saying. So listen to him and do what he says.
0: Portions of that kind of seems like, seems like Kirk could and Brian be happening a little bit, a little bit. But I I I don't think Kirk would be so brazen. I don't think so either. To say what what brian says i say um i can't think of the name though that's her who, who, who is it oh that was a few yeah. months ago so
1: i guess i can see yeah.
0: that's that's the toughest one. yeah, yeah. i shouldn't i should have known that one yeah because i think i read the other two I, if they're all athletic yeah articles. definitely they all are athletic
1: articles okay next one uh less obvious you might not get. That. I don't know if you read this one actually. Coach Blank is everything that's right about football, one former staff member said. But football is uh, not yeah. about being right; it's about winning. <laughs> Does that describe Kirk? Yeah. Does that David describe Shaw. Kirk? Parents?
0: And that is one hundred percent. Okay. Same. Same. Yep. David Shaw. Yep. article. Uh, Keep going. The, yeah. So the the I do want to talk talk about the Shaw thing because I think I do think Shaw and Kirk are cut very much from the yeah. Except same one.
1: Block. Except one. One. And this is and something. And
0: That's the only difference, Harrison. Yeah, Yeah. sometimes on the same day. Um, (laughs) uh, (laughs) (laughs) That that was too... All right, but the thing about them is, like, both of them are cut out to, like, mold men in obscurity in some respects. Like, Stanford football is kind of obscure and when it could have success as being obscure hey they were great but same kind of with iowa but once kind of the spotlight gets on them it's a little i don't know if it's a little too much but anyways what's the next quote about david shaw that you wanted to touch on
1: um i had it pulled up and then i lost it hold on he doesn't fire anyone, and everyone also thinks that they can't get fired. Yeah. So what you get in is an environment that is the exact opposite of insanely competitive, a former starting player said. Then, over time, that becomes the norm, and you fall out of being the best. Who, how many coaches has Kirk Ferentz fired in 18 years of being the head coach at Iowa?
0: I think, I think technically zero. What happened to Bobby Kennedy? But- I think you could probably say two. I think you could say Bobby Kennedy and Chris they White were, fired. were. I think Lester Herb um, was
1: kind of fired too. People forget about that,
0: but yeah. Ah, uh, Lester Herb. No, so that that one's interesting because I thought that and I'm like, oh my god, that is Kirk because I that that came out what this I think week yesterday, and yeah. it was like, oh, that's Kirk Ferentz to a T. And then okay, yeah. Um. But but the thing about the firing thing and where I thought it was in such um contrast to kirk is with phil parker and to me i think the way that phil takes that level of entrenchment and uses it to his advantage in the sense that there is no place that will need phil parker more than iowa than kirk ferentz's iowa needs phil parker and when they said that at the beginning of the season like oh our goal be perfect not give up a single point i i I talked to my dad and brother i'm like what is a perfect game for an iowa offense and like we couldn't figure it out like it's not score every every possession (laughs) just not turn it over every possession end up winning
1: i mean yeah no
0: forward passes Uh, okay no forward passes Could have used that on on Friday for sure. All right, and then
1: do you want the last one? You can probably
0: guess it. And what is uh? yeah. (laughs)
1: And this is a different article, different coach. He never fired an assistant during his time in charge. As he evaluated his roster, Coach C did not add a quarterback out of the transfer portal to challenge starting quarterback. The top transfer in the portal, Oklahoma's Caleb Williams, considered school but followed Lincoln Riley to USC. Coach C told reporters he never, spoke, we never personally spoke to Williams. <clears throat> yeah, it's Paul Criss. Paul Christ. And that is fucking... I mean, still think <laughs> about it. I don't understand why we're acting like we're we are not Wisconsin, why we can't... why we're doing things any differently. They're the same frickin' school, except with a better recent football history. And now secured, I think... The best chance of somebody challenging Michigan and Ohio State for Infinitum. Luke Fickle's like 42 years old. Are we going to have to deal with this for.
0: Yeah. Are we going to have to deal with this for 25
1: years? Because I'm incredibly high on him. I really am.
0: I just think, like, there are reasons. I don't think it's going to be. Him—that's the reason they don't have success. If that—if that makes sense. Like I think the—the the thing you can pick apart about Cincinnati is maybe they struck gold with uh, Desmond Riddler. Ritter. They still um, won
1: nine games in a sh- with a shitty quarterback this year.
0: Exactly. Like he's enough. Uh. Like and he's Wisconsin football too. Like to me, I—I I, I had tiered the new Big Ten as such, and I had put um Wisconsin in the five to six range below Ohio State and Michigan at the top, USC a half step below Penn State and then Michigan State and Wisconsin. And I'm with you. I genuinely think that Luke Fickle can put them into that that 1B category um in a way that you know, I, I very well could be wrong, but like, he's the one group of five coach that took someone to a playoff. Like, you know, some of that's luck, but you have to go 13 and 0. You have to have the Bulls to schedule Notre Dame. Like, it's, it's a really good hire. Really good hire. Yeah. Do you
1: even want, do you even want what, to hear do the you second quote? quote? Does it really about matter? Chris? <laughs> um, I do.
0: I do. Let
1: me see. There's there's three of them. I'm trying to pick which one. The biggest compliment you can give Paul happens to be his biggest flaw. One parent of Wisconsin player told The Athletic he is loyal to a fault. Oh, who did Kirk stick with too long for two years? Maybe three. I think that makes it very hard to be callous in this business because that's the reality of it. That's just what he's doing with the families and players. How do you respond to your coaches that you've had forever? Your friends when things don't go well? A person has that great of a loyalty about them. It makes it very hard to be callous when it comes to tough decisions. And this is the rub. I think if Spencer Petrus wanted to come back next year, would Kirk tell him no? He did to Jake Rudock, but he had to. Rudock, he had to. He had C.J. waiting in the wings. There's nobody waiting yeah. in the wings right now for Iowa. One in the hand, two in the bush. You think Kirk is gonna fucking shake a stick at a bush when he knows he's got a fucking statue behind him?
0: I I think it's a good question. I I think Petrus is the one who probably needs to wise up, though, and say I'm going to see what I can do. Because I, dad put it this way, is that Petrus is just so known, not good, but known, and I think that falls apart a little bit when you know. The interception and fumbles went up this year, but he's just Kirk Ferentz's blanket. Like I think he he would wear him out if the blanket didn't decide, didn't get lost one day, and I think that's what Petrus needs to do.
1: Yeah, you and
0: me both. Uh, that was fun, Ben. That's fun any any final thoughts i am thinking i might do an unhinged uh after party tomorrow. tonight after, or tomorrow night after the i haven't seen oh join
1: game. i'll be watching that game it'll be the first reel Iowa basketball i couldn't get a stream for i saw like the last 3 minutes of uh found a legal stream for the clemson game that only worked like the last 3 minutes and that took 40 minutes and then i was on a plane for the tcu game is people were freaking out, melting down after losing
0: a TCU. Didn't TCU go to the Sweet Sixteen last year? They were an overtime okay. away from the Sweet Sixteen. They were a preseason top fifteen team that lost to Northwestern State and was punted out of the rankings. So
1: But what didn't wasn't didn't they have like two no starters out against lost. Northwestern State or something and then their best player came back?
0: Yeah, their best player was... And and wasn't the game against
1: Iowa his first game game back all year? Oh, okay.
0: No. I think he had played before that. But yeah, he missed the Northwestern State game. A Power 5 school should not be one player away from losing to Northwestern State, to be clear. But they played every bit their top 15 ranking against Iowa. And, you know, it's a lesson, right? Like, I think the Seton Hall win maybe looks a little worse after they lost to Oklahoma the way they did but I don't think the TCU loss looks nearly as bad as people are making it seem um I also think college basketball teams lose games and in some ways like they just they look so slow I kind of think they were enjoying themselves the night before it's like Patrick you went out and scored 21 points you can't put the ball in the hoop again I think you might have had too much fun last night, but that's it. that's projection. I had too much fun that night, so <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. I it's eight o'clock, right? I'll be tuning in.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Alrighty, so uh, anything left from no. from you, my friend? Alrighty, well, for Ben, for myself, go Hawks! Duke's Mayo ball!